0: all right here we are It is uh another episode of the wrhs marvel podcast Uh, and we're here with the uh the old the the ogs the old heads uh it's chase hey guys uh it's uh eric hi everybody it's mr geary hello and uh we are of course talking uh wakanda forever Um, I actually finally saw a Marvel movie on opening night, even before opening night. We saw it the night before. Uh, We rented out a theater for the class of 2026, and it was uh, an awesome experience. So uh, we're gonna talk about um, all our thoughts about the movie and uh, what we liked, what maybe we didn't like, what worked, what didn't work, uh, and then where the MCU goes from here. So uh, this is all coming up here on the uh, Marvel podcast. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, right, we're back here. So uh, WRH Chess Marvel Podcast. Mister Geary, it's Eric. It's Chase. Uh, you guys are home for Thanksgiving. How was uh, how was your first few months of college so far?
1: Wonderful. It was magical. Full of self discovery. And and adventures and friend making, so wow. much
2: academic academic prowess <laughs> just
1: riddling the halls. It was like uh, it was kind of like a like a Pixar movie,
0: uh, friendship and self self discovery.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. How's how's woodland? How's woodland? Uh... Uh, Woodland's good. It, today was uh, hall decorating,
0: so um, a, a big big upset. Uh, the sophomores took the hall today.
1: My sister told me.
0: Yes, it was uh the, the shockwaves reverberated up and down the valley <laughs> the sophomores winning the hall decorating. So uh who knows what uh what lies ahead. But all the all the halls were good. All four of them did a nice job. And uh tomorrow's color war no, today was color wars as well, and then tomorrow is the Pep Rally. So by the time this gets out, uh this will all have happened already, so Hopefully everybody had an enjoyable pep rally. Hopefully everybody had an enjoyable Thanksgiving. Uh, but we are recording on the Tuesday of Spirit Week. Um, so, how long are you guys home for?
2: I'm home till Sunday. Yeah, just just till the end of this weekend.
0: All right. So, uh, hopefully everyone has a good Thanksgiving. Hopefully uh, you catch up with uh, your old high school friends. And um, all right, so we're talking Wakanda Forever uh the the sequel to 2018's black panther and of course in the interim between the two movies we uh lost our black panther we lost chadwick boseman so uh people were anticipating this and wondering what direction the film was going to go in and uh what were your initial thoughts uh after you saw the film
1: I think that the tribute to Black Panther both at the beginning and the end of the movie were really nice to, to, to Chadwick Boseman because um, normally they do the normal intro you get all the heroes you have the the music playing in the background, but this time it was all pictures of Chadwick Boseman and it was completely silent and I thought that was really nice. Um, <clears throat> plot wise, I thought it was I thought it was uh, really good. Um, not the best movie ever. I still like the first Black Panther better, but I thought that it was a, it was a good movie, good characters. I liked, uh, Namor and Talo Khan, and I'm so happy that Shirty was Black Panther.
2: Yeah, it was, it was, I think in terms of being a tribute to Chadwick Bozeman, they did it pretty much perfectly, like better than I could have hoped they would have, uh, between the first like 10 or so minutes of the movie being entirely about him. And then the first or the last couple minutes of the movie also being directly about him, it was, it was like really touching. Um, My mom, my mom was bawling her eyes out the entire movie, (laughs) which, which was expected. Um, But yeah, I think they did it really well in terms of being a tribute to Chadwick Boseman plot wise. I thought it was good. Um, I, in terms of relating to like recent Marvel movies, I think this is definitely at the top of the list, like between since,
1: Probably, Love and Thunder, yeah, and, Love and Thunder, Multiverse of
2: Madness, Spider Man. Even I think I think it ranks probably at the top of all those. Um, so I was I was very happy with the movie.
0: Yeah, I mean I think uh, director Ryan Coogler had almost an impossible task here. This movie had to be so many things. It had to be, a, you know, a tribute to, to Chadwick Boseman. It had to be entertaining. It had to be a Marvel movie. It had to fit in with the bigger picture. This movie is technically the end of Phase Four, I believe. Is it really? So- I think it is supposed to be. I'm not quite sure why it is capped that off. And we should do another podcast about all the phase four movies because uh it definitely has been the, the choppiest of the phases in the yeah. um yeah as far as a tribute, uh you know, like you said, the Marvel fanfare at the beginning was all dedicated to, to Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther. They even went with the color scheme of the black and purple. Um and then it gets right into, um, you know, the movie and what I thought was very interesting. I didn't know how they would handle his death and they'd made a, you know, for lack of a better word, they made a, a very interesting plot choice in that they, they, they treated it just like they, they put the audience in the same position as the characters in the movie, or, or maybe vice versa. They put the characters in the movie in the same position as, as us in the real world in that Black Panther in the film uh, apparently died of a mysterious illness that no one knew uh, he had, and they couldn't cure him of that. And, of course, in real life, Chadwick Boseman uh, died of cancer, Um, and from all reports you've read, very, very few people knew he was sick. Um, Even people in Marvel, uh, nobody knew he had this. Certainly the public didn't know it, and he was taken away and uh i thought it was you know definitely a a rumination on 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 death and and sort of the limits of power and money in that you have wakanda which is the most technologically advanced nation on the on the planet and sherry couldn't save her brother you know they could they could you could survive fighting thanos and you could survive the blip and getting snapped by by thanos and And all these other battles, but, um, you know, even T'Challa couldn't survive a disease. So I thought that was good. And they go right into the funeral, which was really interesting to see the way Wakanda sort of mourns. It reminded me a lot of, uh, you know, certainly the traditional African practices. um, But it also reminded me of like a New Orleans funeral when you see that on the news Especially in the black neighborhoods and black culture in New Orleans. Um, you know, it's it's mournful, but it's also sort of a celebration of life. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the movie, again, we get the tribute. We see the the stills from previous Marvel movies of Chadwick Bozeman, yeah. um, which was very touching. I thought that was done very well. And I think everyone Breathe a collective sigh of relief that they didn't decide to bring back like a CGI version of him or anything yeah, that like that. That was terrible. That was the right call.
2: Yeah. I the most I expected to see of him in the movie was like maybe a, a Panther that represented him in the uh ancestral plane. But I do think that what we got in the ancestral plane was like crazy in yeah. terms in terms of being a twist, oh, yeah. insane. That was that was like one of my favorite parts of the movie that that whole sequence when Sherry first goes and see Ancestral Plane. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, I avoided a lot
0: of spoilers for this, so I did not know uh, Michael B. Jordan was going to be in this. I'm yeah. certainly not surprised. Um, but, yeah, that Ancestral Plane scene uh, definitely tapped into what I thought the mood of the film was, and we expected it to be sad, but I was a little surprised at how angry the movie is and how angry the characters seem to yeah. be. At fate, at uh, life for taking away King T'Challa, at the rest of the world for daring to step in to this power vacuum and think that they could step to Wakanda, and then uh, you got Shuri who goes to the ancestral plane, and you know we presume she was going to see her brother there. Instead, she sees Killmonger, who is telling her basically, "You need to, you need to get vengeance. You need to, you need to take." what is Wakanda's and stop this guy. So that set up an interesting climax at the end of the film. So that part was very good. Um, what else uh, do, do we like about it or struck us as uh, interesting?
1: One of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is when <clears throat> Queen uh, Ramunda, is it? ramonda Yep. Um, Angela Bassett is just wonderful to begin with. So I just like to yes. put that out there for for all of our listeners. I, I want everyone to know my my stance on Angela Bassett. She's 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 great. Um, but my favorite, <clears throat> one of my favorite scenes was when she was at the UN, and like the whole the whole speech she gave. I thought that was really good. I thought it was powerful. Um, yeah,
0: she uh she's always one of my favorite actresses, and uh, I I mean I think her 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 work in this movie is Oscar worthy. I mean oh, yeah. she comes, you know, she is is, is a, a wounded mother uh, who who sort of lashes back at the world for thinking that they could step to to Wakanda. And that yeah, that scene at the UN was one of my favorite scenes in the film. and it's it reminded me it's up there with the casino fight in the oh, um, yeah in the first Black Panther and that it's so well done. Uh, the way they sort of counterpoint it while she's delivering it, the speech to the, the UN. Um, the. US forces are uh, attacking a um, a base in Mali. And that opens up a very interesting idea in this film in that uh, and, and it's you know, it's it's a little bit of touchy waters that that Marvels wading into because as the film opens up, we are to understand that uh, other countries now, are after vibranium and think right. it is their right to uh to plunder it and it certainly you know sets up an uneasy metaphor uh for for what countries like the united states did to african nations several hundred years ago in the form of resources and and humans in the slave right. trade right. so now you have uh, forces like the us and france is there and other and you france
2: know the one that went and did that operation, I think. I don't they think- did the
0: operation, but I think it's implied that the U.S. is certainly involved in, in wanting vibranium as well. Uh, we can talk about that plot point in a little bit. And I think it also kind of touches on questions that, you know, up until recently in the MCU, nobody knew who Wakanda was. And I think there is this this sort of implicit bias that, well, they're just another, you know, backwards African nation and we'll take what we need and uh, you know the Queen of Wakanda, Queen Ramonda, reminds everybody who they are and warns everyone to stay out. Just because the king is not there, does not mean that they're powerless. Right. Um, and I love that uh, for for a good portion of the movie, most of the movie, the women are in charge. You have this this big blockbuster film, this action film, this Marvel film with so many black women. At the forefront, you have Queen Ramonda, you have Shuri, you have Okoya.
2: Um,
1: Okoye, General Okoye is one of my favorite
2: uh, characters in Black Panther. Yeah, she did really well in this movie, especially like, especially in the scene after Shuri gets taken and Ramonda like lashes out. She like, she does that whole scene. Her acting in that scene is crazy, Okoye or, wh- or whatever the actress's name that plays her. Like Uh, like, uh, like, Dan, Dan, Dan a I'm not pronouncing that right, but uh, we know
0: her also from, uh, she was in the walking dead. She plays Michonne. Yeah. uh, Great actress. Um, Yeah. And I didn't love that scene where uh, Koye is sort of stripped of her generalship. Uh, I thought that was a little heavy handed, but the more I think about it, I think it's supposed to show that Queen Ramonda is so angry at the world she sort of lashes out at her trusted general she has that great line where she says you know i'm the queen of the most powerful nation on earth and my whole family's been taken from me again that idea that you know all the money and power and technology can't always protect you and your 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 family from from the dangers of the world right so i thought that was good yes great acting all around um so what did we uh what do we think of that plot line of uh other nations kind of trying to harvest vibranium? Because that is how we get to Telecon and we get to Nemour.
2: I, I think that, that uh that probably is one of the main things that's gonna connect this movie to the rest of the MCU. Because I thought that a good portion of this movie could was like a standalone film. There's there's a couple points that are going to be important to the rest of the MCU. But I thought that a lot of it is kind of its own thing, which I thought was also important for for this movie to do. was like, have it be focused on itself and not in the bigger picture because of what it was as a tribute. Um, But I thought that the other countries kind of arms race for vibranium was one of the important things, especially being that uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus Val, that character is heavily involved in that plot. Um, we see her arrest ross and she like knows all about all about what is going on now especially after she bugged his kimono beads um so i think that that was definitely one of the the more important plot points in the broad the broader scheme with the arms race uh i think the way they showed it was cool too like the like eric said that whole scene at the un and when they were uh going for that outreach sensor i thought that was a really good scene as well yeah i um I, I get it's an interesting
0: idea for the broader mcu picture um i thought that that the cia side plot sort of added a lot of maybe a half hour sort of the movie that maybe didn't need to be there in this film <laughs> but again it's sort of the always the issue with these mcu movies. Yeah, you know, you're trying to tell one story while also telling 50 more future stories. Right. So um, I could have done without Ross and without Val in this film, but it does set up uh, where we're going with this. And I have one theory that where they might be going is uh, we know that the Captain America movie coming out is going to be called new world order. So I do wonder if this sets up uh, U.S. US versus Wakanda and Talacan and Sam Wilson, Captain America, a person of color who's also an American is going to have to kind of pick sides with, with who he's going to side with here. And it also sets up a Marvel movie where the U S may not be the best of characters, which I think if Uh they went that full time would be a very dicey proposition, but it'd also be a very interesting idea. Um, So in the search for vibranium, uh we we are we are led to the underworld underwater city of Telecon and that is where we meet uh nemor uh who is also called king or the god name which i cannot pronounce or,
1: or god.
0: yeah there you go the
1: feather god.
0: yes so Very excited about this. Uh, Real Marvel heads are very excited. Namor is, of course, one of the oldest Marvel characters. I mean, he goes back to pre-Marvel. And his character's been tied up in in rights battles for years. So It's been a while since he's shown up. And uh, traditionally in the comics, he's a mutant and he is from Atlantis. And they've changed him up a bit in the film. Uh, I did not love his origin story in the film. I thought it was a bit clunky, but I did love his character uh, in the film. Uh, his his origin is sort of retro-conned a bit, and he uh, he comes from, uh, I believe, an Aztec background, a uh, Mesoamerican uh, history to him and his people now. And instead of Atlantis, they're in Telecon, which, again... Much like Wakanda uh, is sort of a uh, future Afrofuturist kind of country, uh, Talakon borrows a lot from uh, ancient Mexican and South American uh, iconography, uh, and I thought it was it was very interesting. I love that character. Uh, he is played by uh, an actor whose name escapes me at the moment, uh, Tanak Huerta. Uh, who's, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and I thought he was great. And I thought the way he was introduced, uh, out there in the middle of the ocean, uh, there was that, uh, us, uh, sort of vibranium mining operation and all the, uh, telecons sort of their heads rise out of the ocean, oh, sort yeah. of like a horror movie. And then, uh, they lure the people on the boat to their deaths, sort of, uh, a nice, uh, allusion the Odyssey and the Sirens. So what do we think of Nemor? Uh,
1: it's weird that you bring up the Sirens from the Odyssey because that's exactly what I thought about when they started luring the people on the boat. Um, but I love Nemor. I liked the sort of uh, arc he took in the movie, um, where at first he was like, you know, we could work together. Um, like it could be us versus the world and then at, by the end he's just like nope that's it he kills the queen and and um but i i I really like the character i liked the way that uh he looked like his outfit and everything i agree with you that the way they changed his backstory was kind of weird but i i didn't i didn't like i didn't hate it i it was just different so
2: yeah i i think that uh well, first of all, that intro scene that you are talking about where the U.S. was mining for the vibranium and all the telecons and Namor show up. First of all, they're definitely the least like careful with lives that we've <laughs> seen in the movies. Like the the kill count for them is probably pretty high uh, based on everyone on that boat and anyone in like the car chase they were in. Uh, that, that That was like they do not care for any human life, which they make, they make that plane. But I thought that Namor's entrance when he like spins the helicopter around and throws it into the ocean was sick. Uh, His whole thing with Sherry was, was really cool. Like their, their, their dynamic was cool. Um, Especially, especially afterwards at the end of the movie, when he's like more open to them working together and whatnot, even while uh, Namora wants to, Go back and just destroy Wakanda. Um, he still wants it, so I'll be interested to see how he plays into like the future of the MCU. But as as a character, the way he was introduced in this movie and everything, I thought he was great. The actor,
0: too. yeah. I mean, I think I hope Marvel leans into this and gets into these more thornier issues because, yes, the uh, the the telecons are are pretty vicious. Yet, much like the best Marvel villains, quote unquote. They have a point of view and they have a perspective. They are trying to protect their world, which has been now invaded by outside forces that want something uh, that they have. So uh, they're going to fight and protect their land. Um, we get those quiet moments with Namor and, and Shuri. We get sort of the classic, uh, you know, you and I are not so different uh, speeches there, which was great. Uh I I thought it was interesting that, you know, they they definitely made it implicit that uh, they they acknowledge they are people of color and they are trying to fend off uh, people who are not of color from uh, invading their lands and taking. You know, again, it harkens back to kind of world history. Uh, And I do like I think it, again, sets up an interesting dynamic for the future in that, like Shay said, uh, Nemora does not seem interested in teaming up with Wakandans and Shuri has sort of set a, a truce for the man who killed her mother and flooded Wakanda. Yeah. So it is certainly going to be an uneasy truce. I thought that was a little bit uh, strange at the end that, you know, it seemed like uh, him killing wormanda was sort of papered over a bit, uh, but I am glad He was left living, and I am curious where they go with this sort of uh, um, Wakanda-Telecon allyship. Um, I'm also curious where they go with him as a mutant because, you know, in the the Disney Plus series, uh, Miss Marvel, the big reveal at the end was that she was a mutant, and that seemed like it was going to be very important. You know, they even play the uh, old X-Men 97 theme in, in the episode for a second and then what kind of forever they mentioned he's a mutant that doesn't seem to be like like really commented on or anything like that so it's curious what his connection is going to be with other mutants or or you know where that stands or how that plays into the rest of the the marvel universe
1: yeah i um I originally thought because of uh, Professor X being in uh, Multiverse of Madness, I thought that's how they were going to bring in mutants through the multiverse. But and I guess that's still a possibility. But now we've got two characters in Miss Marvel and uh, um, Namor that are mutants in like Earth. What? What? Which Earth is? Is six one six. Six one six. Okay um we've got two characters that are mutants in earth 616 like in the in the main uh universe so i'm i'm interested to see how they bring in other or if they bring in other mutants this way or what the relationship will be because um namor did have a lot of like storylines with mutants in comics so yeah
2: it almost seems though like when he said "I, i i was a mutant in this one uh It had nothing to do with genetics. It just kind of had to do with the fact that he had wings on his feet. It it was nothing like outwardly X-Men about it, which which I thought was interesting because it wasn't like very a very X-Men mutant type thing to like see.
0: Yeah, I think the mutant mutation was explained by the 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 magic. drink they had yeah i don't know that explanation was very sort of clunky i thought um so yeah it will be interesting how they bring in the x-men um you know in the current comic run uh the x-men have their own country called krakoa and they have uh they have discovered their own precious metals and resources and most importantly of all they've discovered the uh the the ability to resurrect themselves. They have created their own island nation for mutants. And as the storyline has gone on now, the past few years, more and more of the outside world has become uneasy with this mutant nation, um, including the Avengers and, and other characters. And so it would be interesting if they brought in yet another nation of outsiders who are sort of pushing back against sort of the traditional heroes and we get sort of a counterpoint with sort of the traditional Marvel heroes, you know, dealing with these people that, that really don't want to be dealt with and want to be left alone. Um, speaking of character introductions, we also get another character in this movie. Uh, Riri, will- Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart, will be starring in her own Disney Plus series uh, coming up soon. Um, what did we think of Riri Williams?
2: great character like awesome character um I think that she did a lot in this movie to not just be like another stark another stark character um between the way she was introduced as like some scientist who we all probably I mean we all knew who it was but the whole the people in the MCU thought it would be some you know wise person with a lot of experience and they find out it's just some 18 or 19 year old girl going to MIT and scamming her her peers, um, which I thought was great. I really liked the scene where they, they picked her up for the first time, Shuri and Okoye. Uh, that, was, that was a really fun scene. And then when they were in the warehouse kind of scrambling, they had they had the way it was shot almost felt like a, it probably wasn't a one-shot thing, but it felt like a very scrambled take, which I thought was cool. Uh, her suit, by the way, the suit that, that she has at the end of the movie is sick. That's oh, yeah. an it's an awesome looking suit, like, but the design and everything and the and the features it seems to have looks great. Also, it's definitely made out of vibranium, which means it's definitely one of the stronger pieces of weaponry in the MCU right now. Um, her as a character, she seems she seems cool. Like she seems like she'll be a fun character to watch interact with other heroes. So I think I think
1: they did a great job with it. I loved Riri Williams. As uh, people may or may not know, as you guys may or may not know, my favorite uh, uh, Marvel character is Iron Man. So I was I was uh, I was broken hearted when he died, and I've been waiting for Riri Williams in a, for a really long time. When I found out she was going to be in this movie, I was so happy. I love the suit. Um, I I like her as a character and the actor uh, the actress who plays her. The one thing I don't like, I I don't know, I don't really. I don't really know how I felt about her being the one who made the vibranium uh, detector. Cause it just felt, it just kind of felt like, Oh, she made it. Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it wasn't explained too well, but I I don't know. I might've missed something. I wasn't the biggest fan of that, but I'm excited for her armor wars thing. Um, I'm very yeah. excited. For
0: that. I, um, yeah, I, I, it, her inclusion in this movie definitely smacked of you know kind of product placement uh yeah. which is unfortunate because i think the actress is very very interesting i think the character uh i mean she's not my favorite i i, I knew who she was but i could definitely see how she resonate with a uh, different audience um so i thought she was a bit shoehorned into this it does seem a little yeah. odd like she was making a vibe well, I mean, they did sort of explain it away a little bit, that she made something that was later co-opted into a weapon. So um, much like Tony Stark, which it did surprise me a little bit in the movie, maybe the, the Disney series will play this up a bit more, why that connection wasn't talked about a little bit more. Um, you know, it seemed odd that she didn't mention Tony Stark or was right. didn't, didn't mention she based this on like an Iron Man suit. I mean, somebody else comments on that.
2: Um, you know, that was the maybe, only mention that was it was, was that? that it was the only mention of that was just the guy yelling, She's got an Iron Man suit, so, and then getting yeah, like,
0: maybe the maybe the point of, of that is that some of these characters are starting to be less beholden to Tony Stark than maybe Peter Parker was. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I am curious if her series will tie into the uh Armor Wars series, which is uh supposed to be coming up which uh, I do think hints at the idea that after Tony's death, some of his technology is being used more and more uh, for weaponry. That's kind of how the comics went, that his his technology is, is getting away from him and being used uh, for weapons and, and things like that. And uh, you've sort of been, seen hints of that in the movies, starting to see like weapons branded as Stark technology. And so these other characters maybe are going to have to uh, – track that stuff down but uh again it was great to see in the scientist role uh a young black girl and it sort of just wasn't commented on it's just that's who the character is so again it's great for representation it's a great character um and she did she did a good job in the role uh like i said i i I don't know it would have been nice if some of those other elements maybe showed up elsewhere but uh you know uh people did like ironheart and she is coming to disney plus Woo. Uh, and uh all right let's talk about uh the last scene here so again unlike a lot of marvel movies you know we didn't get a a bunch of of fun sort of mid credit stingers and end credits we got one uh and it definitely was very heartfelt what did we think of uh the the mid credit uh reveal
1: it definitely is exciting um i didn't know that uh T'Challa had a son i don't know did he did he have a son in the comics
0: uh i do not know uh i don't know uh what what runs if he does i'm not sure
1: yeah because i think I, he I does think in it, certain ones i think really okay cuz I've, ne- I've never heard it before so i thought that was really interesting and i <clears throat> i like that they kept it like sort of a secret um i think that like that makes sense that it would be a secret um the 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 kid was cute the kid was cute uh and uh i like uh i keep forgetting her name the the mom uh nakia nakia
0: yeah played by uh lupita nyong'o the great actress
1: i thought that uh i thought that her like sort of role in the movie um was was cool they called her back like just to help and then she goes back to hades she's like living a separate life um, and I thought, I thought that was a good, uh, mid credit scene, but I agree. I, I did, uh, the, the absence of an end credit scene was noticeable. Um,
0: yeah. uh, apparently in the comics, he does not have a son says so purely invented for the MCU. All right. Um, and perhaps again, he'll join the other young Avengers who've all are being assembled across
1: different
0: projects. Um, and so, yeah. So we get the idea that this is why Nakia left Wakanda, um, and that her and her son did know that T'Challa was sick, and um, you know his his legacy lives on. Um, now, do we know uh, the history of that name Toussaint? His his Haiti name or Haiti name? No. I forget.
2: They said they said in the movie uh, what it meant or sure. Sure. He said something about it. I forget. I forget what it was. So, uh,
0: Prince Toussaint was, uh, was he, hold up one second. So he led a, the real guy, uh, Toussaint L'Ouverture, Francois Dominique Toussaint L'Ouverture. Uh, he led a, uh, slave revolution, in haiti and it was uh one of the biggest and most successful if you will slave uprisings in the uh the slaveholding world uh and and it's 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 actions reverberated all the way up to the united states in that uh slaveholders you know feared their own slave uprisings especially in states that were further south um you know definitely In places like New Orleans, where you had uh, slaves that may have come from Haiti or were French speaking. So Toussaint was a uh, uh, leader of a slave revolution, uh, an uprising against his masters. So it is interesting and a nice little nod to history that Marvel named his son uh, that name when uh, the movie closes with uh, sort of these forces kind of lurking around Wakanda uh, looking to take what is is sort of buried there so i thought that was good yeah um so where where do you think we all go from here where do you think uh happens next now so this is supposedly the end of phase four uh the characters and events from this film how do they resonate out into the rest of the mcu
2: um i think that well from from the the list of Characters that usually play around the rest of the MCU. Shuri is now actually. Wait a second. Before before we go to that, uh, I want to talk about Mbaku in this movie. Yes, and, and, hey,
0: by Duke. Another another actor I always like to see show up.
2: Yeah. So him and Shuri's relationship in this movie was interesting to me because he was almost uh, a big brotherly figure to her. It seemed like at, at points when he when he tried when he talked to her. Or when he tried talking to her off the ledge, which, first of all, is an interesting thing because M'Baku was always the, like, let's go get him guy. Yeah. And she drops into this place and says that we're going to attack Talokan. And he's like, hold on a second. Like, we're messing with powers. We don't know what what we're dealing with. And uh, eventually follows what she says. But he he really tries to warn her off the path of vengeance, uh, which I thought I thought was cool. I thought his character lent a lot to her in this movie and to this movie. And then at the end, when they're at the waterfall and the plane shows up and he gets out instead of Shuri, I think that was organized. I don't think that's a malicious I'd like to challenge for the throne. I think that him and Shuri probably talked about it and that he may be ruling uh, or acting as the king of Wakanda at this point. Yeah, that um, does
0: seem to be the thinking on that, that that was organized by them. And he's going to become the king and she's going to become the Black Panther. And maybe the Black Panther should not be king anymore. Like there should be two separate uh, entities there. Yeah. So, yeah, I wish those was explained a little bit better, but maybe it's good that it sort of takes us to figure that out a bit. Um, I love that line he gave Shuri, you know, when she said something about, you know, it's, it's what was expected. And he says, you know, that that is not what that is not what your mother wants for you. So he plays the role of kind of the father figure. Um, So I thought that was great. Um, Eric, other thoughts on on where this goes or
1: what's going to happen next? Um, So I agree with Chase. I liked M'Baku as for where it goes next. um, So the Avengers aren't really a thing anymore. So I don't think there'll be much to do with them. Like as for the black Panther. um, For Wakanda and Talo Khan, I think we'll definitely keep seeing them like together brought up in the same, uh, in the same, uh, conversations in future movies. Um, and I, I'm not entirely sure, like if that'll be more of a background thing or if that could be a a plot for one of the future movies is that Talo Khan and, and Wakanda are like, they have the vibranium, they're keeping it to themselves. Let's go get it. Um, but I I'm I'm I I like that Shuri is Black Panther, and uh, I'm excited to see where she comes up in the future. But I don't know where that could be. It could be in Armor Wars because of Riri Williams and her connection there. Um, but I think I think that's probably the soonest we we see her. If that, I don't even know if we'll see her in there. So, all right, um, all right. Well. Let's, uh, let's end it there let's uh,
0: take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, say our goodbyes here on uh, this episode of uh, WHS Marvel Podcast uh, I'll take a quick break and uh, wrap it up in a moment see you then alright we're back here wrapping it up so uh, we got Thanksgiving coming up uh, Any uh, anything you want to share with us that you're thankful for here on this, uh, this, this, as the holiday approaches us,
2: I'm thankful for you, Mister Gary.
1: Me uh, too. Me too.
0: Well, I'm thankful you guys indulge me in uh, talking about this stuff. I'm, I'm <laughs> thankful. I'm thankful for the podcast. I'm, I'm thankful to the you know thousands of listeners we have out there
1: that try millions,
0: uh,
2: try
1: millions, millions
0: try that you. look you to us. The best one
2: podcast in the world. Thank you. That <laughs>
0: it's it's definitely the number one marvel podcast at woodland regional high school i would say i I think that's that's the demographic we have um so yeah i'm grateful we still do this uh hopefully we got will and jake back next time and uh let's uh let's do another couple episodes uh in the next few weeks let's we can talk about uh we can talk about the guardians of the galaxy uh
1: holiday special kevin bacon we
0: can talk about our thoughts about uh, all the Phase 4 movies um, that came out, so post-Endgame End uh, films, and uh, we'll take it from there. So uh, until then, uh, it's been Chase. Bye. It's been Eric. See you guys. And it's been Mr. Geary. And uh, hopefully everybody has a uh, great Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Bye.